Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The end of the year can be stressful. And one of the first things to go when I'm stressed is taking care of myself. It's so important to stay connected to things that help you feel well and good during this hectic season. And what helps me come back to myself is pleasure. Pleasure is self-care. And Dame, our sponsor for this episode, wants you to get in touch with yourself. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution with game-changing products and resources for your unique pleasure. Head over to dameproducts.com and use my code EVION10 for 10% off your first Dame purchase. And get in touch with yourself. Hey, welcome to Sensual Self. I'm Evian Whitney, and this is a space for you to slow down, tune in, heal, and feel the sensations and pleasures of your sensual body. Thank you for being here. Hey, everybody. I hope y'all are doing well this week. Something really exciting is happening over here today. Y'all, today is the day. Today, my book baby, Sensual Self, has been born. No more pre-ordering, no more waiting. You should be able to go to any bookstore and hold Sensual Self, my book, in your hands today. I am doing my best to not scream in your ears right now because, oh my gosh, it's here. My book is finally here. I've been waiting for this day to come since, gosh, September 2019, which is when I officially conceived this book. I've been thinking about it, praying about it anticipating it for literal years and oh my gosh it's here it's finally here 
as you can probably imagine, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of celebrating in the form of eating pastries and shaking my ass today. <laughs> and if you'd like to celebrate with me, and if you happen to live in the Los Angeles area, I'm going to be doing a in-person sensuality workshop and book signing at Reparations Club tonight at 6.30. I'll be discussing my book, Sensual Self, and walking you through a couple of practices to help you get into your sensual body. And I would really, really love to see you there. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to RSVP, and I suggest snagging your ticket now as space is pretty limited, and I imagine the remaining spots will go really quickly. If you're not in the LA area or you just can't make it to the in-person launch party, no worries. There's also a virtual version happening tonight as well. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes for how you can come through. Ah, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I'll actually be doing a bunch of events all week long as a kind of book tour meets sensuality workshop series. You can head over to evianwhitney.com slash events for ticket information and come hear me speak about sensuality and pleasure in real time. I've got lots of tour dates coming up, so there's something in there for everybody. But the one event I am really, really excited to be a part of this week is a panel discussion happening this Sunday. It's called Reclaim Your Sensual Self, and it's going to be a conversation between me and some of my favorite experts in the field of sensuality and sex education and mental health. And we're going to be talking about pleasure, trauma healing, and also about how you can claim your unique sensuality on your own terms. I'll be speaking with Jiminika Eborn, who is a sex educator and trauma expert, Shadeen Francis, who is a licensed therapist and sexual advocate, and also Brianne Patrice, who is a sensuality educator and an advocate as well. It's going to be so good. The conversation is going to be flames, and um, we're going to have giveaways. I'm actually really, really excited about these giveaways because they are um, giveaways that I have designed for you. So there'll be giveaways. There's going to be good talks and also a chance for you to ask us anything about your personal sensual journey. Tickets for Reclaim Your Sensual Self panel are sliding scale between $5 and $15, and a portion of the ticket sales will go to the Embodiment Institute, which is a Black-led initiative that helps Black folks connect to themselves sensually and somatically. I love this organization. I have taken some classes with them, and I'm so excited to be able to give back to them as they have been profound in my own understanding of my body. Um, so again, this event is happening this Sunday, December 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific. It's happening on Zoom. You can RSVP by going to evianwhitney.com slash events, or, you know, you can click the link in the show notes. I'll have everything in there. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening this week. I mean, my book launch week I knew was going to be pretty booked and busy. <laughs> Um, and I'm feeling really blessed and highly favored to be able to do these events with all of you. So come through, come celebrate with me, and um, I hope to see you there. Okay, you know what? There's so much going on. I could say so much more, but um, let's just go ahead and get into today's episode, shall we? Today, I've got a conversation for you between me and my partner, Jonathan, who turned the tables and interviewed me about how I embody and practice my sensuality. It was actually really cute. I had a totally different vision for today's episode. I was going to do something solo and share with you some of the practices from my book, Sensual Self. Uh, but Jonathan really, really wanted to interview me, probably to make my life easier, as I'm doing a billion things right now, <laughs> um, but also because I think he wanted to create space for me to celebrate myself and this book I made for y'all, which I really appreciate because as anyone who has written a book knows, it's really easy to let the small details of this massive project consume you so much that you can't see the forest for the trees. So I was really grateful that Jonathan offered me this space because it allowed me to zoom out a bit and reflect on who I am as a sensual being and why it is I want you to reclaim that within yourself as well. I had no idea what questions he was going to ask me. <laughs> he just told me to show up and go on this journey with him. So as you're listening, uh, you will notice that I will not be in the host seat this time. Jonathan will be leading this conversation and offering his own perspectives on sensuality, um, which is something I'm really interested in right now, like what men's sensuality is, what it looks like to create space for them to be sensual and soft. Uh, Jonathan and I touch on that a little bit in this episode, but we're going to be diving deeper into that on another episode really, really soon. I'm just so curious about that. Anyway, if this is your first time hearing Jonathan on the podcast, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed being with him in this way and having him celebrate the launch of my book, Sensual Self. Oh, okay. Enjoy this conversation, and I will see you in a little bit. We're going to do a little role reversal today. And if you're not familiar, uh, I am Jonathan Mead, and I get to have the great pleasure of interviewing my wife and my partner about their book today. And I am really excited to dive in with you and maybe ask you some uh, unexpected questions, maybe some questions you might not normally get asked. Um, <laughs> so thanks for letting me do this with you today, babe. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is this is kind of weird. I have no idea what you're going to ask me, yeah. but I'm I'm down. I'm game. I'm excited. Yeah, it is kind of weird because it's like, I was like, oh, we're role reversing, but it's like, I'm hosting you, but it's still on your podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it kind of doesn't make sense, but... Let's just go with it. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. Well, we are here today to talk about a really important topic that is very near and dear to me, to my life, and I know it is uh, to you as well, obviously enough that you wrote a whole ass book um, (laughs) about about it. So we're going to talk about sensuality, and we're going to talk about... um, your journey to sensuality, what uh, led you to create this book, to create this work, um, why it's such an important part of your work. And I just want to start off because this felt like a really important part to me in your book where you had people before they even get into it and start with the prompts and the journal entries and all this good stuff to set an intention for how they want to engage with this work. And I think that's one of the most important things that we often forget because we just want to, we just want to dive in and we want to like, you know, do everything right, right now and right away. So I'd be curious for you, like, what's your intention for our conversation today? Hmm. My intention for this conversation today is to drop in to some joy and some pleasure around this book coming out, uh, to really feel into just the, the miracle of this book being out, the fact that I wrote it, um, and to have a sense of celebration about that. Yeah, that's my intention. I love that. Yeah, I I feel the same way. And um, I was just feeling into, you know, how how big of a moment it is to launch a book to create a book. And, you know, there can be a lot of other stuff, other emotions, other feelings that come up around that. And I was just feeling like, oh, yeah, this is a moment that only happens once it's never gonna happen again and well at least for this book (laughs) right right for this book sure you might write 10 other books you know who knows but this book in this way is never gonna happen again so I really feel that and yeah that that feels really real for me very alive for me to just like drop in and appreciate this moment and this opportunity that I get to talk to you um about your work because I mean I'm I'm very close to you and your work obviously because we work from home together we've been working on our businesses together for the last 10 plus years which is crazy to think about you know we we just celebrate our 15 year anniversary and um, we did (laughs) yeah we did we have a lot of history although even with that like I rarely get this time to actually connect with you in this way about it because Mm. I'm so enmeshed in it you know so I am really appreciating that and excited about that um you know I've known you for a long time and one of the first things that struck me meeting you you know which I mean I guess before I met you in person I met you you know quote unquote on MySpace (laughs) yes and your pictures (laughs) your pictures babe like were just different, you know? On MySpace? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They were just like not like everyone else's pictures. 
it was like the angles, the lighting, your like expressions on them. And I could just feel that this was a different person, like a different human. And you called me into my own, I guess you could say sensuality Hmm. because of the way I think you expressed yourself. Hmm. Um, And that was one of the things that always really struck me about you is you've always been a very sensual person a very like Mm. earthy like person um but I would love to hear from you like what has your journey been like with your relationship to your sensuality but then also I know it always hasn't been easy for you too at certain times even though that's your essence right like that's the, the truth about yourself it hasn't always been simple Um, So, yeah, what has your relationship been like with sensuality and what's your, I guess, part of your journey been like to reclaim your sensuality? Mm. Well, at first, I want to just thank you for that reflection of, you know, going back in the day to the MySpace days. I mean, I remember those photos that I took and I, I have, I have an under, I know what you're talking about, but then there's also this part of me thinking back to when I took those photos, I'm like, I was not in a space of what I thought was sensuality back then. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's actually something that I've heard a lot, especially when I got started with my work, um, you know, being a sexuality doula and a sex educator. I remember like, people would come up to me at certain events that I'd be at and they'd be like, your presence, your energy, your aura, there's something about you that is, that just says sensuality and power and presence and like embodiment. And I always felt like, cool, sis. (laughs) I'm glad that you feel that, but I, I don't, I don't really know. So it's, it's basically what I'm saying is that it's really interesting for me to hear you talk about that because yeah, that's something that you didn't see yourself that way. No, and I think I think there's some I I don't know. I guess some there are some parts of me that doesn't really see myself that way even today. Mm-hmm. I think because of how how much there's a lot of stuff that goes on in here in my brain, and yeah, it's it's just it's really interesting for me to to hear that feedback and to know that that is an essence that comes through even without me trying to draw it out, even without me like trying to wear external things or say things that, that bring that out. Cause I, I've, I have always felt in some degree a connection with my body and a connection with pleasure and my senses, my sensuality, but I didn't have the words for that. I I felt that a lot when I was younger Um, I think a lot of us have had that experience where we're more so in our bodies and we're more so uninhibited within our bodies and we're very curious and exploratory about the things that our bodies can do and the things that make our bodies feel good and all of these things. So that, I think that that has been a common thread, but it's always been something that I have felt has been within me and not something that radiates without me. You know what I mean? Like. It's, it's always, more internal yeah, it's experience. always felt really personal, like something that folks can't see unless like I am actually willing it out into, to being. Um, and so, yeah, this, this question of like sort of the trajectory of my sensual self, 
I feel like it started when I was a kid to being like very open and fluid within my sensuality and fluid within my body and curious and playful. And then there was this period where there was just like this harsh line of demarcation of like, don't do that. You know, like being in your body in a pleasurable way is the pathway to sin. It's a pathway to sin of yourself and also to have others sin within themselves. Um, and I think that's where the the connection between sensuality became sexualized. Before it was just, I'm in my body, I'm exploring, I love my body, my body feels good. Ooh, what is, what could I do today to make my body feel this different sensation, right. to be in presence with my body? It felt very clean and innocent and just playful. And then coming up to a certain age, it became sexualized where my sensuality was not allowed to be explored by me. And also it wasn't allowed to be received or explored by other people unless we were in the context of marriage. So I would say from the ages of like maybe seven to 20, maybe around the time that I met you, 1920, those were some years where I felt like my sensuality was co-opted by the gaze of um, other folks' desires, as well as like sort of commercialized, you know? Like I think about this a lot with sensuality, how a lot of us grow up thinking that sensuality isn't an object. It's in the perfume that you wear. It's in the heels that you put on your feet. You have to buy it. You have to, in order to be sensual, you have to buy this thing. And so between the ages of seven and 20, I would even, I, I think that's a little generous. I would say between the ages of seven and maybe 23, I was still within that mindset of my sensuality is not for me. It's for the gaze and the pleasure of somebody else. And it's not something like in order for me to be sensual, I have to consume something. I have to, I have to bring something in. I have to buy something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, there's so many layers to it of like why our sensuality gets shut down. Like, you know, I think about that in terms of the things that you brought up in terms of like sensuality getting conflated with sexuality right. and then it's, you know, it's not okay to even just like feel simple pleasures because that, that could be sexual or it could be construed by someone else and you could be making an invitation. Right. And, and then, like you said too, the, the different pieces with, um, how it's, it gets taken away from you, you know, it gets stripped away from you and you get, you start to think that you're not whole within yourself and then you have to get it somewhere outside of yourself. And like, yeah, our, our culture really, um, it really strips us, I think of that autonomy, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of the parts I love about this book is that it's, it's, and that's one of the things I, I would say that I love the most about your work in general and what has, I feel like struck people in my view about the work that you do so much is that you're never coming from the stance of like, Hey, I'm the expert or, Hey, like I'm going to teach you the things that you need to know. It's very much been about like, Hey, look, I'm like a human. I have fucking problems. I'm like, (laughs) not like, I don't have all my like shit figured out. And I'm not trying to pretend that I do. Like I'm really open about that. I'm on my own journey and 
like come along with me and I'm going to share with you some things that have been helpful for me, like share with you things that have been helpful for the people I've worked with. And it's about reclaiming your autonomy, not just like, Hey, now, now you have to be reliant on this method or this practice that you have to perform and do perfectly. Right. Um, right. And I feel like that really comes through in, in this book. Um, I was going back through it again. I've had the pleasure of getting the chance to, you know, see it multiple times. Um, but it's different experience, like reading it again. I was reading it, you know, before we're going to record this podcast. And I was like, that was one of the biggest things that I feel like was really clear that I love so much. It's, it's an invitation to like reclaim your own birthright of sensuality. Mm, Yeah. I think about that a lot. Actually, I'm thinking about that in this moment as you know, we're talking about my journey toward sensuality, where it started, where it stopped, and then like where it began again. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think about a lot with sensuality and that I do the best I can to convey is that sensuality is not a one-time experience of feeling into your body. It's, it's something that you come into. It's, it's a practice that you cultivate. And when I'm thinking about myself as being like seven, I was fully in it. It wasn't like, I didn't have to practice that because it was just a fundamental part of who I was. Like I woke up in the morning, I had a body. I felt very connected to that body. I had some traumatic experiences at that time, but not enough to dissociate me from my body. It was just like I was in harmony with my body in ways that down the line I wasn't. And I think that's what makes, that's why we have to have sensuality as a practice because of the ways that we've been disintegrated from ourselves. It's like, it's, it's almost as though we lose that connection to that birthright that you're speaking of, you know, something that is supposed to be so natural and, um, so simply accessed, it it gets, it gets disconnected and, um, sort of jarbled by all of the stories and traumas and narratives and the things that are thrown upon us on a day-to-day basis, you know? Yeah. It's so, God, it's so true. And it's, it like makes me sad because ideally we would just stay connected to that and we wouldn't even need a word for, right. We wouldn't even need a word for it or like have to create a practice. I think about that in, you know, the ways I work with people with movement, it's similar. It's very similar in terms of, you know, ideally, right. We all learn how to move in this very curious, exploratory, playful way. And we move just like as a, a way of expressing ourselves to like, you know, play to, you know, move from one place to another to like explore what our bodies are capable of. And we don't need a word for it. Mm. It's only like as culture slowly uh, siphons that, that out of us and teaches us how to be still and, you know, how to live in our heads you know, which I, I know is a big barrier to sensuality too. Like yeah. when you're living so much in your head, um, it's only through that, that then we need to like, okay, now we have to intentionally set aside this practice. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I find it so powerful to give folks a permission slip as opposed to here is a model 
or here is a framework or practice that you have to perfect in order to be sensual. Like I truly believe that if you have a body, you are a sensual being. And the only thing that we have to do is create the space and the time for our bodies to speak to us. Right. We have to give ourselves permission to feel into the pleasures and the the sensuality of our own bodies. And yeah, unfortunately, because of the way that we've been um, indoctrinated and disintegrated from our culture, we have to make that a practice. Uh, But what I love about this book, Sensual Self, is that it just gives you the opportunity to define your sensuality on your terms because that's the other thing about sensuality. I mean, I I think a lot about sensuality and I think a lot about what other people think about sensuality. I've been doing a lot of conversations, podcasts, interviews, events, talking about this. And a lot of people don't really know what sensuality is. I mean, they have like a, they have an image of it in their minds and it's very sexualized. It's like the come hither look. It's like, you know, cleavage and pouty lips and sucking on lollipops and things like that, Um, which I think that those are expressions and and aspects of what it can look like when someone is fully in their sensual body and they are applying it to their sexuality and their erotic life. But that's not everything. And so I I really feel that sensuality as a concept has been completely flattened by capitalism and it's been flattened by the traumatic experiences that we've had. And so with this book, I hope that the questions and practices I give folks will just help it, like help their sensuality, not sensuality as a foreign concept or a general concept, but their sensuality just like pop pops open to life for them. And they're able to feel and experience it with their own lives so much so that maybe it doesn't have to become a practice. Maybe it's just a part of the way that they are in the world. That is such a perfect transition to what I wanted to ask you about because I think that those stereotypes, right, and unpacking those stereotypes is so important to be able to access within your own self in a very simple, direct way, right? Like what, what can my experience of pleasure and being in my body be like? Um, because when I think of sensuality, I, I think of a lot of those same vignettes as, as Mm -hmm. you like, Oh, this is the, and it's like, it, it's often very tied with like, Oh, here's the right way. Or like the, like, this would be the best way to experience sensuality. Um, you know, I think of like cliche things like taking a bubble bath or like, you know, flowers or, you know, like face cream and stuff that can be like, but again, it's the way you do it, right? Because all those things, they can actually be very genuine and authentic. But when you're doing them because you're like perform, trying to perform sensuality, then it it's like you lose the essence of it. So I'm, I was curious for you, like with your sensual practice and what you're wanting to share with people with this, um, what, what in your view is the importance of kind of like dropping it down to almost, I don't know. I think about like almost like the mundane level, like, yeah, like maybe even moments that you would like not think are supposed to be sensual. 
Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this question because when I was writing the book, you know, I was thinking a lot about like filling it with questions and prompts and exercises that looked very much like go out and buy an expensive face cream and put it on your face. Like, don't get me wrong. I love an expensive face cream. You can you can attest oh, to I that. Know. I mean, Evian's uh, <laughs> shelf in the bathroom is there's not a lot of room on it for other stuff. I'll just say that. Um, but that's that's not where sensuality lives. Your sensuality is within you, and those things, those those face creams, bubble baths, flowers, they can they can enact or you know arouse your senses. But that the sensuality doesn't live in those things. And so I was feeling into like. Well, culture tells us that sensuality looks like this specific way. It looks like this specific kind of self-care or embodiment or whatever. But that's not how I see sensuality. Like the most sensual experiences that I've ever had have been the most mundane. Like, Can you, can you give me some examples? Because I'm really curious about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I love cooking so much, even when I'm dog tired and I've had a day where I've been in front of my computer and I've been in meetings like even if my body is like just lay on the couch and do nothing I love the sensory experience of cooking the chopping of the vegetables like the picking out of like which kale leaves are going to make it into the saute pan Um, like the smells and the tastes and sometimes you know like yesterday actually when I was cooking dinner for us I did this practice where I didn't have anything in my ears. I wasn't listening to a podcast. There wasn't music playing. I was just with myself in silence. And I was just feeling into how does my feet feel on the ground as I'm stirring this pot? Like how, what what am I experiencing in my body as I am picking this um, this potato, putting it on the ground and holding the knife in my hand? Like sensuality for me is about slowing down like we can only experience the richness and the depth of our sensual selves when we are in a space of being slow and soft right so cooking for me is and I mean some it it doesn't happen every time you know like there are some times when I'm like I gotta cook this meal because I need to get done with this so that I can do a meeting but Whenever I can, I really try to make cooking that space for me to just like be in my body, be in my senses, allowing myself to smell and to taste and to like drink in with my eyes, the beauty and the shapes and the colors and the textures of what I'm doing. That is really wonderful for me. Um, And that's really mundane. I mean, most people, I I actually, I was in, um, I was in a grocery line I think a few months ago and someone was checking me out, you know, checking out my groceries and the guy was bagging them. He was like, do you like to cook? Cause it looks like you got a lot of stuff on. And I was like, yeah, I love cooking. And then I realized that in saying that I love to cook, that's not really describing like to the depths of why I like cooking. It's not about like, I love making recipes for me it's like this is an invitation for me to be in my body and for me to um practice this this practice that I feel really um connected to and like I really dedicated to of sensuality um I mean another one I'll just give another one just because (laughs) I mean it's it's so simple but breathing I think that's you know that I've taken a breath work course. I'm a certified breath worker now, which is really awesome. And 
the power of just being able to sit and breathe. Wow. Like that, it's so boring and it's so simple, but doing this course and whenever I have the ability to like sit down and do breath work for myself. And when I say breath work, I'm not talking about like doing all of these funky breath work patterns, just like literally sitting and feeling what it feels like to have my breath go into my belly and deflate out of my belly. Like that to me is one of the sensual, most sensual things that I can do because it, it, it's, it's asking me to be fully present in my body and it's asking me to, um, like to connect to my body, to move from this, like, what is it called? Like top up space, top top down or yeah. Top up, bottom down. I think it's yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. Evian is one of the funny (laughs) things. Maybe this will be a little funny thing to share, but, um, Evian's brain works so fast sometimes that they often like switch things. So I, I have a special way of understanding when Evian talks because it's often like the opposite and they'll be like, Oh, it's yeah. The, the top up. And I'm like, yeah, they mean the bottom down. (laughs) But it's one of the things I love about you. Um, that's, that's, I love that you shared something like that. I think people can relate to a lot and it's not like everyone doesn't have that same experience with cooking where, it is like a sensual practice or a sensual experience. And a lot of people, they're like, they don't like cooking. They have, they think it's, you know, a chore or they just want to get it over with. Or they're or not good at it. Or they're or not good at it, right? Right. But I imagine like, what if you experienced it as, maybe you end up being like, no, cooking's not for me. And that's totally fine. But have you yet tried it from a place of sensuality and had that opportunity to experience it that way? Because I know one of the benefits I've had of being in a relationship with you is like you exposed me to a different way of relating to the experience of Mm. cooking and that it could actually be an experience (laughs) in and of itself. Like I just saw it as like, Oh, there's some annoying thing that I have to do to get done because my body needs food, which is a really, it doesn't mean like I didn't like food, but it was a really like kind of sad way of relating to the process of like something that we, you know, need to do every day to take care of ourselves. I think, I really think that I got that from my mom, you know, like I, I have vivid memories of my mom being in the kitchen making food and, and it would just be like a regular ass Tuesday, but I could tell that my mom was making it from a place of presence and, and passion and delight and joy for the folks who had the pleasure of eating whatever she was cooking. Um, and so I think that's why I have such a a close association with cooking to sensuality because I witnessed my mom and even my grandmothers do the same. You know, for me, it wasn't just like, we're making food so we can eat it. It was like the, that is part of the experience. And also I believe that when you are fully embodied in your body that way, when you're in the space of sensuality and slowness and savoring, it shows up in the food. Like some of the best food I've ever made is because I was taking my time and I was tasting it and I was like in my body and I was humming to myself as I was cooking it. And like there was a, there was an intention about every single piece that I put to that meal. And I, I mean, yeah, I feel like the food that I make is so bomb because of my presence and attention to the work that I do with that, you know? Yeah. You're like literally infusing it with your energy and your intention 
I love that. Um, yeah, just opening up people to a, a different possibility. Um, and it makes me think about how sensuality in the way you've been describing it is um, a way to enhance any moment and bring greater joy and greater pleasure to any moment, but also um, a resource like mm. in some ways that we have access to, um, like the resource of, of your breath or, um, you know, feeling your feet on the ground or noticing the light in the room and how these things in our such crazy sped up world and we're living in our heads and we're taking in so much all the time. Like it takes us out of our direct experience. And that I think can contribute to a lot of anxiety, a lot of like challenges mental health wise. I'm, I'm curious for you, like how has sensuality been a, a practice in that way of helping you like ground yourself and like regulate yourself, take care of yourself? Yeah. Um, that's an excellent question. I, I I think that's why to me, sensuality doesn't feel like a one-off thing that you do. It's, it's a practice that I try to cultivate, um, because it, it has better or greater benefits to me than just like, look at me, I'm being sensual. It's, it, it helps like regulate my nervous system. It helps calm my anxiety. It helps ground me into my body when I'm like spinning out, you know, even if it's just for five minutes, like, can you notice something in this room that is giving you, um, a, a space of, of joy or a space of softness in your body, you know, just that question in and of itself can help me ground into my breath a little bit. Like it slows my breathing down or it deepens my breath. You know, I'm a very shallow breather. Um, yeah. Sensuality for me is not, it's so much more than the face creams and, you know, the, the pretty dresses. Like one thing that I, I like to say in my work is that we've been taught that our sensuality, or at least I've been taught that my sensuality is for somebody else. It's like something that somebody else gets to consume, um, feel into, enjoy and savor. But the flip for me has been like, no, my sensuality is just for me. Like that is a personal private experience that I have with my body. And yeah, I invite people into that experience, you know, just by virtue of me being in my body and folks picking up on that energy as we were talking about in the beginning. But first and foremost, I do it for me. It's, it's a gift to my body, especially in this frenetic world that we live in to connect to myself in that way. Um, and oftentimes my sensual self comes through in those moments where nobody is looking. And I felt that actually come through a lot when we were living apart because, um, and I wrote this book while we were living apart because it gave me, I had so much space and so much quiet and so much stillness that it really allowed me to be in that practice of sensuality in ways that you know, that I'm, I'm, that I'm speaking to now, as opposed to I'm going to buy a face mask and I'm going to lay in a bubble bath, you know? Um, which again, I don't want to knock those things because God knows I love a good bath, but I really want to make sensuality accessible to people. And no matter where they are, no matter what their body's doing, no matter what, you know, their socioeconomical background is like, I want them to know that their sensuality is a part of them. It's, it's not something that can ever be taken away from you. And it is something that, um, that we, we all need to make 
attention and intention for. I think not, not a lot of us are doing that deep work of connection to our bodies, which I understand why it's scary and there's trauma and we're so busy all the time, but I I hope that this book at least gives folks the opportunity to just very gently and slowly dip a toe into what making this as a practice can look like for them. I think it will. I think it will. I think it's a really, (laughs) I think it's a really gentle way to enter into um, your body and to be able to experience it at the level you're ready for. Um, and you encourage people a lot to, to check in and keep, you know, giving them permission to like, Hey, you can slow down or like do less or like, see how this feels for you and leave this prompt or come back to this prompt later. And there's such a great variety of things that I think it's going to speak to people in the way that they most you know, they most need it. Um, mm. Can I ask a question for you, actually, since we're since we're talking about it? Is that okay? I mean, you asked. <laughs> I guess we can do that. Well, I just, I, I, I'm talking to you. You identify as a man. And I'm curious about men's sensuality. I feel like it's something that we don't see or talk about. Like, even putting those two words together, men's sensuality, I just don't yeah. hear that. Men need to have a, a word for it that makes them feel safe. So it'd be like mensuality or something, <laughs> you know, like, or like whatever, something stupid like that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I know that this is, might be a little strange of a question to ask because, you know, you can't be as objective, but I just wonder as a man, reading this book or or going through this book, like what was coming up for you around your sensual body and your sensuality as, as a man? Because for me, I feel like sensuality has been like designated for the women folk only, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I speak, I think especially in terms of how we define sensuality and we caricaturize it and then we commodify it, package it and, and, you know, and sell it in a certain way. Right. Where, where I think there are probably a lot of areas where men are sensual in themselves or with each other that maybe, um, are just more socially acceptable ways for men to do that. Right. Like, Mm. so I think that does exist, but I think that there's a lot of room for men to experience more sensuality than they are, you know, quote unquote allowed to in their gender roles to be able to perform what it means to be a quote unquote good man or whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I can speak for me personally. Um, Sensuality has been something that's always been very close to me, um, especially like I had, I did have a lot of um, influence growing up from from women. I have four sisters, so I I got that sensitivity um, just by being around it and being steeped in it. Um, but then I also got the messages of like, Hey, you're not supposed to be like this because you're a boy because you're mm-hmm. a man. Right. So it's very confusing and conflicting for me. Um, and then, you know, like the other, I guess, layer to it is just having experiences that I didn't know how to process emotionally that led me to retreat like most people do into their heads too. So like 
I, I had that, I had a lot of things like kind of like that made it more challenging for me to access my sensuality. Um, and for, for me, I feel like just learning to, um, reclaim who I am as an individual outside of my gender or how I'm supposed to perform that gender has been very liberating for me to open up into greater depths of sensuality. Mm. Mm. Cause that's, that's very authentic for me. Like I feel like I thrive in the most sensual moments, even moments that are, that we might not see as very sensual that can be actually very hard or challenging. Like when I'm experiencing that as like a full bodied experience and like very connected to that moment, that feels very much like the most natural way for me to experience that. Um, so I think probably the most helpful things for me has been movement and meditation, mm. you know, to be able to have a personal way to reconnect with that. Um, but like you were saying too, um, which I, I, I don't feel like we could talk about this enough, but starting to blur the lines between like, what is your, your practice? I mean, of course there's value to having a dedicated practice, right? Like you're prioritizing that you're carving out space. Like you, it's a place for you to really learn new things, but eventually, right. You want to expand that to the rest of your life and your whole life is the practice, right? Your whole life can be sensual. And that was, and still is, uh, I think probably the biggest area for growth for me right now is learning how to continually outside of the, the box of what I'm supposed to be as a man or my gender, or even just as like a respectable member of society, right? Like to, be like, oh, no, I'm going to do this instead. Mm. Um, and, oh, okay, I could do that. Like, And oftentimes I found, you know, I know this isn't the experience for everyone, but just specifically speaking as a man, when I have allowed my sensuality to be seen, my sensitivity to be seen, and have invited other men into that, it's often been met with a lot of welcome hmm. and a lot of like relief. And I think that's the like, yeah, <laughs> that's the part that um, a lot of people maybe wouldn't expect a lot of times. And I, I'm sure there's different experiences where other men have tried to do that and they've had violence done against them for that. And I think that's, you know, of course, very real, but I've had the experience a lot of times where it's been met with like, Oh, whoa, like, wow, you're, you can be like that. Mm. Oh yeah. It just gives them permission to soften. Yeah, for sure. Dang. I want to have a conversation with you about men's sensuality. Let's put a pin in this cause yeah, there's so much here sure. that I want to explore. Um, but something that was coming up for me as I was hearing you speak in terms of making this a practice is really thinking about what are you committed to? You know, um, what kind of life do you want to live? That, that's, a, that's been a question that I've been thinking about all year um, as I've been reading this book, The Politics of Trauma, 
which is um, about somatics and coming into your body and trauma healing and resolution and so many beautiful things. And one of the practices that is given in this book is an invitation to think about like, what are you a commitment to? And to really think about like, if you are a commitment to being stuck and hard and um, unmoving in your body, like that's going to show up in every single aspect of your, of your life, like no matter what. And so I think that like having that having that question come up for me has been a way for me to orient constantly to, you know, and I'll share what my commitment is. Um, I am a commitment to softening my body and staying in union with myself. And anytime I say that, it just sort of like, it's like, it's like a, like a North star. It's like, okay, this is where I want to be. If I'm going to soften into my body, that means I have to open my heart. It means I have to slow down and it means I have to listen to my body if I'm going to be in union with myself, it means I have to stay present with everything that's coming up, even if it's hard, even if it's quote unquote bad. Um, so yeah, I want to offer that as a question to think about what are you a commitment to today and what do you want to be a commitment to and how, and in particular, how can that question maybe orient you to a practice of sensuality that isn't just like, okay, I'm going to do my sensuality today, but is something that you can constantly come back to every day. Like, am I a commitment to softness in this moment? No. How can I soften? You know, things like that. I love how you said, what am I a commitment to, mm-hmm. which feels like very much more alive than what am I committed to? Like, what am I a commitment to? Sounds like an ongoing process. That's right. Right. Rather than like, Hey, here's, I'm committed to this. And then it's like, okay, now I reached the destination, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's, that's so cool. And it makes me think about, okay, let me, let me feel into that. Yeah. What is essential moment that, um, you really enjoy that might be, I don't know, kind of like weird or that people wouldn't expect I know we talked about the cooking one already but that's kind of like I think most people could see how that could be even if they're not kind uh-huh. of cooking. but just just to bring this even more into the realm of like everyday moments maybe something people are like oh wow you can be sensual there let me think I mean living in Los Angeles again has made me think a lot about you know just how how hard of a city this can be, can be to live in. There are a lot of unsensual things that are happening here. There are a lot of beautiful things here, but there are also a lot of unsensual things like leaf blowers and car horns going off and fire trucks driving by really loudly. And so my practice living in this space that can sometimes uh, take me out of my body and make me feel, maybe even bring up some fight or flight or some trauma responses is just to try to try to be sensual in those moments. Like to try to bring some presence of like, yes, my, my body is feeling stuff. I'm hearing leaf blowers for the last two hours. And like in this moment, I'm still safe. Even focusing on, you know, if there's something really annoying going on, one thing that I've been trying to do is to focus on something else. Like, see, is there anything else in this room? Because things are always happening at the same time. It's never black or white. Like, a leaf blower is blowing, and that is the only experience that we're having. It's like, okay, yes, a leaf blower is blowing, and I feel the warmth of the sun hitting my left cheek, 
as I'm sitting next to this window and that feels really good. Or I just, my partner just walked by and I loved the way that he smiled at me and that made me feel really good for like just really trying to both and situation because I think, yeah, talking both and right. Yeah. I think a lot of times when things are happening that are loud or obnoxious, we can just focus on the annoyance and the irritation of that. And that's been something that I feel I've, my love, I've been trying to help you with, you know, being here and how, yeah, how uncomfortable it can be here. Like I am all, I think the reason why those things don't bother me or unroot me as much is because I realize I'm grounded in so many other areas, you know? If you are a human being living in this crazy fucked up world we live in, like it's going to be complex and it's going to be sticky and it's going to come with a lot of weird emotions and sensations to your body. But the practice is like, how can, even in the midst of the hurricane around me, how can I find a sense of calmness and stillness and safety and pleasure in this moment? And, you know, I think pleasures don't have to be these grand gestures of like oh my god i'm eating a chocolate cake and i feel like my body's undulating as i'm eating it like that's it could be that or it could just be like what i said before like the sun is hitting my cheek and it feels really warm and i like that what's your deepest wish for people that get this book hmm When I was writing this book, I was thinking about that question a lot. Actually, before I started writing it, I first wrote like an essay about like who this book was for, what I wanted them to feel as they were opening the pages, and then what I wanted them to experience as they were playing around with their sensuality as well. And for me, it always comes back to like I want for I want people to feel connected to themselves. Um in whatever form that takes, that can be connected to their body, that could be connected to their sensuality. I just, I think a lot of us are so disconnected from ourselves and so disconnected from our wisdom, our intuition, the messages that we are constantly getting from our bodies. We're disconnected from our desires. We're disconnected from the things that make us feel good because we've been, we've been taught to prioritize other things and other people. So I just, if nothing else, if nothing else, I want for folks to feel that they, even if it's just for like five minutes, I just want for them to feel a connection to themselves and like, not even just like for a specific purpose, just to like feel what it feels like to be back in union with yourself and to even like make, make it so that this book is a, is a practice. You know, that intention is like, anytime I pick up that book, it's going to be for the purpose of me connecting to myself. Um, and whatever's coming up, whatever sensations, emotions, or thoughts are coming up. There's a lot of power in being connected to ourselves. There's a lot of things that we know about ourselves and understand a lot of things we can heal about ourselves. So yeah, that's, I have a lot of wishes, but I think that's, that's the biggest wish that I have for folks is for them to connect to themselves and to be curious about what's there, you know, like when they do that connection. Cause I think oftentimes there's this, uh, this narrative of like connection, it's going to feel good. Sometimes when you connect to yourself, it, it's going to be scary. You know, you're not going to like what you see, or you're going to be critical about what you find. And so my, my hope is that while there is connection, there's also a sense of like curiosity there, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's what I want. Mm. 
I wish those things for anyone who gets this book too. And I know that all of those things are very likely to happen if you uh, pick up this book, if you read it, if you do the prompts, if you slow down and really allow yourself to tune in with your body, with your desires, with what feels natural um, to you. And I know Evian puts so much love and attention and they're Virgo too. So, you know, <laughs> like every, every line is, is very pixel perfect. It's very intentional about why this word comes before that word. So, you know, you're in good hands. I mean, when a Virgo wrote the book, that's that you're right. About, we run, we rule use. the world, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's true. Um, so I encourage you to get this book. Where should they get it? I prioritize independent bookstores. You know, um, I know that we live in a world that is Amazon, like lives on Amazon. Um, but see if you can find it at an independent bookstore. You can go to my website. There are a couple of places that you can click. Um, I can put the link to the show notes, um, for that, but yeah, prioritize independent bookstores. Um, but Hey, if you want to get it on Amazon, I'm not going to blame you. Um, because I, I get it, you know, but yeah independent bookstores are great. And like, this is only the beginning, you know, like I, I really, I really want for folks to just go on this journey with me and also with themselves, knowing that this is like, this is only beginning. Like this book is the first step on a long path of sensual reclamation. Yeah. It's a beautiful introduction back to yourself. And I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you for how hard you've worked on this for Mm. how much love you've poured into this book, this project. And I know that it's going to transform anyone Mm. that decides to get it. And I think also this makes a really good gift for other people too. (laughs) Like if you want, you know, of course you can never like, like make someone be more sensual, but I, I just think like if our world was a little more sensual, the people in our lives are more sensual, we'd all be having a better time. Yeah, maybe get this for your for your family. Thank you, my love, for um, for this conversation and for being such a rock and an anchor for me as I've been through the tumult of writing this book, promoting this book. I'm so ready for it to be out, and I'm so happy that people can get it today. I'm like so yes, jazzed. it's time. It is time. I'm excited to celebrate with you today mm. and. Uh, get the book. Go. Get it. Stop <laughs> listening to this. Go get the book right now. <laughs> oh, I love you, honey. Ah, I love that man. <laughs> I love him for so many reasons, but one of the ones that's coming up for me after revisiting that conversation is just how lucky I feel to be seen, like really, really seen by this person. Jonathan knows me so well. He knows the things that scare me, the things that soften me. He knows what I need to feel safe and cared for. He knows how to make me laugh and piss me off. (laughs) And he often knows things about me that 
I don't have to communicate with words because he knows my energy and he can read it really well. To get to experience that kind of emotional and spiritual intimacy with someone, to have him on my team as my lover and my friend and my teacher and my confidant, to have him hyping my work and this book with me when there have been so many moments where I've wanted to shrink or quit or just disconnect from my excellence altogether. I just, I feel so lucky in this moment to be seen and loved unconditionally by him, to be so supported with his love and um, just his generosity, his presence. And I'm really grateful that he created this space for me to share my sensual self in a different way with you. Even though it's out in the world today, and I've been talking about this book for months and months, talking about this book as a thing that it exists is still so surreal for me. Like I'm not used to the concept of being someone who wrote a book. My cousin actually asked me the other day, so what does it feel like to be a published author? And I honestly can't remember my response to her because my being a published author, I'm saying that with bunny ears, hasn't really landed in my body just yet. What has landed in my body is a feeling of effervescent joy that it's here and that you get to savor the juicy fruits of my labor when it comes to this book. And my God, (laughs) I want you to savor it. I want you to feel your sensual self move through your senses. I want you to experience the rhythm and flow of your sensuality with your own body. I want you to explore the depths of feeling and pleasure that is your birthright, and I want you to claim it as yours, not with grand gestures or Instagrammable acts of self-care, even though those things can be really delicious. No, I, I want your sensuality to be as simple as an intentional breath, as easeful as deciding to listen to your body's desires. I want the expression of your sensuality to be as natural to you as it is to say yes. Not just for the pleasure of it, but for your personal liberation and as an act and as an act of rebellion against all the forces and systems in this world that have tried to make you abandon yourself and condition your softness out of you. And I want you to start today. (laughs) I want you to start right now. I know this is usually the part where I share with you a sensual practice, but can I just make your sensual practice this week to go buy my book? (laughs) Is that okay? I mean, I don't know. After going on that long spiel, it just feels right, you know? I mean, I wrote Sensual Self to help you come home to your sensuality with questions and practices that'll get you to prioritize your pleasure, your feelings, and the sensations and messages of your body. 
Like I literally created this book for you to be able to express your sensuality on your terms in your own time. Sensual self was made for you to put pen to paper and embody your sensual self with playfulness and curiosity. And I feel that it's the perfect place to start to reclaim your sensuality from the grips of the patriarchy and the binary and the manipulations of capitalism. So yeah, that's my task for you this week. Dive into my book, Sensual Self. For those of you who have already pre-ordered, that'll be happening for you very soon. You should be receiving shipping notifications in your email in a couple of days if you haven't already. And your copy should be coming in the mail in just a few days. So thank you so much for pre-ordering and thank you so much for your support. And once it's finally in your hands, I want to invite you to take a moment to drink in its beauty. Feel the weight of it in your hands. Delight in the images and the quotes and the colors on the pages. Take your time to explore some of the prompts and my messages to you before you begin diving in. And if it feels right, invite others to hold you accountable to this journey you're embarking on, this journey of sensual self-discovery and body mindfulness. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so excited. You can get a copy of Sensual Self today, (laughs) either in person or online. But I really encourage you to get it from an independent bookstore if you can. Um, If you don't see it there, tell them to stock it. And man, I am so excited about what you are going to uncover within yourself as you create a commitment to connect to your sensuality. In the meantime, (laughs) this booked and busy bitch needs to get ready for tonight. I have a lot to do. Um, Maybe I'll see you in LA tonight, or maybe I'll see you in Seattle in a couple of days, or Wherever in the world you'll be tuning in on Sunday during my Reclaim Your Sensual Self event. Uh, Again, link in the show notes for all of these juicy details about where you can find me, where you can find my book, where you can meet me. Um, I really hope to see you there. And thank you so, so much for your support. Thank you so much for sharing in this excitement with me as I birth my book baby. I am beyond thrilled to be in this body and to get to experience this joy right alongside with you. I did it. (laughs) I have a book, y'all. My book, my book is out. Oh, it feels so good. So, so good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Sensual Self is created and hosted by me, Evian Whitney. It is edited and produced by Tribble. Music is by Melody Symphony from his song, Just Healing. For everything you want to know about this podcast, including previous episodes, show notes, transcripts, and resources, go to evianwhitney.com slash podcast. 
You can also follow the show on Instagram at sensual.self. If you have a moment, I would love it if you rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps others find the show, and as a result, it helps them uncover their sensual self. As for me, I'm on Instagram at evian.whitney, and if you want to know more about me and my work, go to evianwhitney.com. And please check out my book, Sensual Self, Prompts and Practices for Getting in Touch with Your Sensual Body. To pre-order, go to evianwhitney.com slash sensualself. Thanks so much for being here and for creating this space for yourself. I'll see you in the next one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.